got a job working for a lawn care company, you'd probably be making maybe about $10 an hour or so, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you do it on your own, we found that you can make 30 or $40 an hour. Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name's Apple Kreider and I'm your host. Now, this is an episode that I am extremely excited for. We are bringing on somebody who I have known for a long time. He is a 20-year-old entrepreneur over at Penn State. His name is Nate O'Brien. You guys might be familiar with him. He has a YouTube channel where he's got about 70,000 subscribers as of this recording. And Nate is all over the place, okay? He's got a successful YouTube business. He's done some stuff on eBay. He actually started off selling uh, seed packets, selling worms. Like he was doing a lot of wacky stuff as a young Gur person, but now he's at this place where he's at now. He just took a month to travel around Europe. We're going to talk about travel. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship and really what it takes to start a business at a young age, because I know a lot of our listeners are on that younger side of things. Nate is somebody who has a very successful business at the age of only 20 while still going to school. So we also cover a bit on why you might decide to stay in school instead of dropping out because he does have the successful business, but he is still pursuing his degree at school. We're going to cover all of these different things. This is a conversation that I really Really, really enjoyed. I love talking with Nate. All right, Nate O'Brien, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for having me on here. <laughs> it is my pleasure, dude. I'm, I'm really excited. The podcast has taken off lately, so there's no one better yeah. to have on the show than my man, Nate. We've been talking for a while now yes. you on YouTube since the start. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to, to dive into it. So for our listeners that aren't super familiar with you, can you give us a brief overview of like what you do and like who Nate O'Brien even is? Yeah, so uh, my primary thing that I do right now at the moment is I run a YouTube channel. I help people with personal finances. Uh, I think it's something that uh, school, the school system really doesn't touch on very well. So I thought I would uh, start creating videos about helping people manage their money, uh, invest and, and make more money because I think uh, while money's not uh, the key to all happiness, I think uh, at the same time, it's it's very essential to have enough money to to not be stressed financially. It's, it it causes a lot of issues, um, and and so I think it's something that uh, everyone could use more of. And so I just started creating videos on it. Have about sixty some thousand subscribers at the moment. Uh, just kind of do it part time whenever I just uh, think of creating a video. Usually, maybe once a week or so, I'll just mm -hmm. create a video. And uh, yeah, it's it's doing pretty well. I just got back from uh, a little bit of a trip, about a month-long trip. Um, so now I'm back in State College, back ready to take some more classes for school. So Awesome. That's essentially what I do. I've, I've done some business ventures in the past. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of those videos where I talk about eBay and selling yep. some on eBay. And, uh, and uh, I used to run a lawn care business when I was in high school, did very well. And uh, yeah, so now I'm here and uh, having a good time. <laughs> Awesome. That's what it's all about, man. So now you're a student. Exactly. Um, you're going to school in Penn State. Yeah. So I, I spent two years at Penn State and uh, now just starting the semester, I switched to online classes through Penn State. So now I'm not tied down to one specific area because I found myself last semester. It was it was it was it was difficult to make it to class every day because I would mm. go on some other trips. I'd go out to L.A. or something. I interviewed Eric Sue and I was yeah. with John Cristani for a little while. And so uh, I would miss some classes and then I'd get docked those attendance points. So it was, it was kind of uh, annoying to see that happen. So now I'm just taking classes online through Penn State. So I'm not tied down to one specific area. And I, I think it works a lot better for myself. 
Solid. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've been doing a lot more lately. I'd say right now about 50% of my class or my workload is online classes. The other 50% is is here. So I'm not, I'm still pretty tied down, but if I need to go somewhere, it's not going to be the worst thing to be able to like pick up and leave for like a week or two. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really big. And I was wondering like how you were able to manage (laughs) for a month while still being enrolled in school, because I didn't think you'd graduated yet because like you said, you've only been there for like two years. Yeah, exactly. Wild. All right. So now a thing that I've been doing lately is I'm going to say a word and I want to hear your first gut reaction, either positive or negative to this word. You ready for me? Mm -hmm. Awesome. The word is entrepreneur. I feel as though it's, it's somewhat of a a buzzword in a little bit of sense. Like, um, and that's, that's just like what I feel as though today, uh, everybody is an entrepreneur and it's, yes, it's 100%. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 uh, I feel like it's, it's used a little bit too loosely. Hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely something that's a lot of people strive for. And, uh, it's something, I don't know if I would call myself an entrepreneur, but I guess you could throw me <laughs> in that category. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just not a word that I personally use in my vocabulary very much. Interesting. And I'm, is not, there, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why. Do you have like, what is the, what does the word mean to you? I know you don't, you said you don't personally like identify with it very strongly, but yeah. what does, what does the word in its of itself mean to you? Uh, to, it just means someone who is trying to uh, essentially earn money uh, on their own terms through their own ventures uh, without a boss while uh, so, so, in itself, I think it is a great idea. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I've been striving for my entire life. My, one of my life goals is to not work for somebody else. And that's what entrepreneurship is really all about. And so yeah. that's, that's what it means to myself. It, it's, it's just uh, the freedom, especially to, to essentially live life on your own terms. Uh, mm-hmm. Because work and, and people's occupation takes up a vast majority of their life. And, and so, yeah, yes. Yeah, 100%. That would be my answer to that. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's a tricky thing. And I like to hear different people's responses to that because some people are like really gung ho positive about it. And some people are like really not about it and think it is like a huge buzzword that's being completely overused. Well, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's easy for a lot of people to just use the word and call themselves an entrepreneur. And then, you know, uh, I I don't know how I feel about it. But it's, (laughs) it's it's important. Like I I fully support anybody and everybody who tries to, to make money. Uh, on their own terms and by themselves, I fully respect that. And I love it. It's, it's something I think more people should be doing. 100%. I mean, that's the whole reason why I started this podcast was exactly. to show people, people that are on different alternative paths than the traditional get a nine to five and work there for 45 years. Exactly. So it, it just spotlighting people like that is, is really something that drives me to, to get up every day and get after it. So when did you, when did this start for you? When did you start to decide that you wanted to, to do stuff on your own terms to create an income for yourself that wasn't dependent on somebody else? And, and you mentioned a couple projects that you've been working on, but can you dive a little bit deeper into some of those initial ventures? Because I know some of them are pretty interesting and pretty far out there. <laughs> yeah, so really we're going to have to take this back a, l- a little bit because uh, to figure out where I really started with this, I saw two people in my life um, who were very influential for myself. So it was my father and my grandfather. and. Hmm. And, and my father worked for a corporation for about 40 years. And wow. while there's times where he really enjoyed his job, there were, there were other periods where you could see it's, it was less than ideal for the work environment. Um, right now, he enjoys his job, I believe. But, but there were times where it was, it, it, it was stressful. Uh, he was at the mercy of his own boss, especially during the recession that we had about yeah. 10 years ago. And, and seeing that happen where 
you know, about some 80 some percent, I believe. I don't remember, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's somewhere about 80 some percent of people are not satisfied with their current job. Wow. Uh, and, and, and seeing that with my father and then looking at my grandfather who took somewhat of a different route, he quit his job in 1962 from general electric. <laughs> so like going back some time, but he quit yeah. his job in 1962 from general electric and started his own landscaping business. And for about 50 years of that, he wow. fully enjoyed it and, and he loved every day of it. And just seeing him live life on his own terms uh, and, and just seeing that difference between when he would be done with work for the day and seeing my father done with work for the day and seeing how much one of them really enjoyed that, you know, maybe he was doing a lot of manual labor landscaping, but he was enjoying it because it, it, it was something that he wanted to do. Mm. And he also had more freedom too. So, you know, if, if it was a Wednesday, he said, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go take my boat and take it in the van and go fishing. But my father was restricted on that, you know, two, two weeks vacation, three weeks vacation per year. So much more limited on that sense. So when I saw that happen, and this, this is from a very young age, I said, I want to go the route of my grandfather where I can live life on my terms. Mm. So, uh, so I had a couple business ventures in the past. Uh, really, my first one that was successful was uh, believe it or not, it was actually a chicken farm. So uh, <laughs> I, always, I always laugh when I talk about this because uh, people are sometimes surprised about this. Uh, but I, I grew up on a farm. So um, I had about a little bit over 100 some chickens that I was raising. And, and I was selling the eggs, selling the meat. And it was, it, it was a fun business venture. It, it, it got me started. This was very young. This is like 11, 12 years wow. old. Um, and, and, you know, selling them through all the neighbors and everything. Yeah. <laughs> teachers from school I was bringing in eggs it was it was it was kind of a funny uh, sight to see but um yeah then I moved on I would sell things in school sell candy bars in school and uh whatnot just to pay the bills because I didn't want to get a job but then eventually I started a lawn care business and a firewood business with my brother as soon as he turned 16 so I was I was 14 he was 16 we started mowing lawns and uh this actually you know I feel as though so many people look down on some of these manual labor jobs because they oh, just 100%. view them as, as you know, v very much income uh, where, so for example, if you got a job working for a lawn care company, you'd probably be making maybe about $10 an hour or so, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you do it on your own, we found that you can make 30 or $40 an hour oh, by, I bet. by doing it by yourself. And so that's what I did with my brother. Uh, we would just drive around, mow lawns. It was very, very simple. We had not large uh, pieces of equipment and we're making a few hundred dollars a week just by working on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we moved into firewood, very strenuous, a lot of manual labor and we could go into that deeper, but it's, it's not something that probably most people would be able to relate to very much. Yeah. So what I found though, eventually was, was that through all this manual labor, while I was making myself money throughout high school, there was a time where I actually really hurt my back. I, I injured my back and there was a few months where I couldn't really work and I couldn't mm. start, like mow these lawns. I'd say, damn, I have to mow 10 lawns this weekend, but I, I couldn't cause it was, I was in a lot of pain. And so yeah. I ended up hiring one of my friends to go do it for me. And then I found myself making money while mm. sitting at home. And it was, yep. it was like this big discovery. I was like, <laughs> like I just made like $8 today and I did not leave my house cause I told my friend to go do it. And he, he was having a good time cause he was still making like $20 an hour. Yep. And so it was, it was really a win-win for everybody. And that's when I first learned about outsourcing and uh, you know, you can be self-employed, but there's a difference between self-employed and running a business. And there's, yep. it's, it's that separation between your input and the amount of output that you're getting. Um, and so uh, then I moved on from that because I realized that, you know, manual labor is not always the most 
effective way to go through your entire life. Like there, there could be a time in your life where you get injured. Yeah. Um, one of my friends from high school lost his hand at a construction job. Wow. Now he's out of work still because he relied so much on, on manual labor. And so yeah. it's, it's important to have some type of backup for that. Uh, and that's really when I started on eBay. I started selling things on eBay. Uh, one of the first items that I started with was uh, these like seeds. I would, I would um, <laughs> create, it was, I was always like find the most obscure things to sell. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but, but it was like these survival seed packs that I would uh, create and sell them to like, like preppers, you know, people who <laughs> like doomsday people. Yeah. 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 So, so like I would compile like this package of like 30 different types of heirloom seeds that people oh. would then, you know, have. So if, if I guess something happened, they'd be able to grow all, all, all these seeds and yeah. And have basically every vegetable uh, that you could think of. So started with that, then I started to sell foreign currencies that that people were interested in, uh, and then eventually moved into bumper stickers, especially because hmm. of the 2016 election. Yeah, uh, and you know I love politics, but I I <laughs> I also hate it at the same time because it's it's so polarizing. Yeah, I don't like expressing my views because half the people are going to love you, half the people are going to hate you, and so. Uh, my my take on politics, I just try to take the middle and just make money off of it. And, just, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, people can fight about it. But like, so like, that's why like the 2016 election, I was loving it because I didn't care who won. I just said, you know what, I'm going to make some money. money off this. Yeah. And then I'll be happy regardless. <laughs> you know? So, so, so that's what I did. I was selling stickers on both sides of the political spectrum. Uh, and a lot of people think, you know, uh, this is a bumper sticker. It's how can you make a lot of money off of yeah. that? But, but the key was, I found that I was selling a lot of them. So like if you're selling a couple per day, you're not making very much money. No. I was selling for $3.99 a piece, okay. but I was selling them $3.99 a piece, buy two, get one free okay, and put them in an envelope with a stamp. My total cost was like a dollar and wow. I was making about $7 because people were always buying two because they just yeah. couldn't resist it. Like, like sometimes they'd buy one and I'd only make like $3 on shipment. Mm -hmm. Other times they'd buy two, I'd make like six fifty or so sure. on, on the shipment, but I was selling dozens per day. And so, cause this is like prime political season. So yeah. I was selling dozens per day. So I was making well over a hundred dollars a day of profit. And it was only about 30 minutes of work. I would sit down, I'd get back from class, I'd sit down and just, you know, fill out these, these uh, envelopes and ship them out. And I'd, I'd make over a hundred dollars in like a 30 minute span. And so wow. it, you're it manually can, fulfilling those. Yes. And oh it, it can be effective if you're just doing it in large quantity. Like if you're doing a couple per day, it's, yeah, it's, it's not worth like, it. Exactly. Um, so that was just a venture that I got into it. And then eventually I started creating some YouTube videos uh, to just share some ideas. I remember uh, uh, the, the real only two people creating videos about uh, like finances mm -hmm. at the time when I first like started watching and started getting into it. It was Jeremy for financial education yep. and Ryan Scribner. The classic I, OGs, man. I, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, Ryan Scribner, he put out a video. It's his 500 subscriber special. I was, I was there for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, everybody seems to have come a pretty long way. I mean, Scribner's yeah. got what? He's got almost 400,000 subscribers. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Jeremy's got over a quarter million. Solid, man. That's, that's yeah. a wild ride. And yeah. back, to, back to when you were talking about your dad and your grandpa, like I could totally see that being like a rich dad, poor dad spinoff. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the way you described it, I'm like, that could totally be like a sequel to that book. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 entirely true though. Like just seeing that that difference between them and and how uh, how 
just content my grandfather was with what he was doing versus my father and and my father's been an amazing man but yeah. you know it, it's it was just seeing him stressed out and and at the mercy of his boss and and working in that environment it just wasn't always the best um for him and 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 he always knew you know he's he would tell me too and he still tells me this he, he says nate do what you love to do because i didn't and i i chose money over doing something that I would have much rather done, uh, w w which would be teaching at a high school, uh, which is wow. something that he, he loves to do. He loves teaching people. And so he said, Nate, just follow what you want to do because I didn't, I made that mistake and I don't want to see you make that mistake too. So uh, that's, okay. that's essentially the way that I'm going right now at the moment. And uh, I'm enjoying it because yeah. I feel as though I've, I've never worked. Like I, like I don't, like any business venture that I've done in the past has just been fun. Yeah, it's just like uh, right? what you want to do. Like, exactly. Like it's it's totally just fun. That's so, that's awesome. So yeah. it sounds like your dad had a pretty like impactful role on you. Were there any Definitely. other mentors that you've had growing up that have really like shaped the way that you've gone? Or has it mostly just been like see something working online and like jump into it? So yeah, that's an interesting point because I feel as though like uh if you go back fifty years, people would have to have like physical, like personal mentors. Yeah. Um and it, and a lot of people look for mentors today and some people stress the importance of that. Mm -hmm. But I've never really had a specific mentor besides my father, my grandfather, um, because today in 2019, there's the internet. So, yeah. so I, I've been watching uh, channels like, like uh, uh, you know, Valuetainment, mm -hmm. right? So like I've been watching his channel for years. I've been watching YouTube videos and reading books for years. And I almost do those just as my mentor in a sense yeah. where, because um, it's, you can collect all this different information and just compile it together and form your own uh, opinions on it. And so that's what I've been doing uh, for myself. Yes. hundred mm, percent. And I've been saying lately, my top two mentors, Google search bar and a YouTube <laughs> search bar. Like that's, those are the ones hilarious. that I need. That's, that's so true though. It's so I know. True. There's so much information out there. Yes. Like anything you want to learn, you just go out there and you can, you can figure it out. Like take yeah. a Saturday, exactly. learn a new skill and then just exactly. see what happens. Like there's just so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. So what have, what have been some of the challenges that you've ran into as you've grown these multiple businesses? Clearly, you've been pivoting a lot. So have there mm -hmm. been any, like huge roadblocks you've run into or has it mostly just been like not interested in this anymore moving on? Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, a good portion of that was from moving from one business to the next was, was seeing a better opportunity. But mm -hmm. I, I want to caution people on that because um, what I found is that there was a time when I call it like the, like the shiny object. Uh, yeah. Right? So, so, so uh, where people have this business idea, they jump into it, they drop some money into it and it seems like a great idea. They're going to be so successful. And then a couple of months go by, maybe even longer, maybe less. And they don't really see the results that they want to see. So yep. then they jump to the next shiny object. Maybe it's a real estate agent or, 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 or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. and, and they're jumping from one business to the next and they never actually master one specific field and i think that's the reason why so many people fail in their business ventures and that's what happened to myself too like i i started many other business like uh <laughs> ideas in the past when i was younger in high school and a lot of them wouldn't work because i would i would think you know what i'm gonna start this clothing company right and mm -hmm. and i would i would drop a couple hundred dollars into it yeah uh, and it, it would just fizzle out because I, I i wouldn't see the direct results from it and so uh, that would be the biggest thing that I'd caution people against. Like if, if you can just find one business opportunity and then just focus on that and become the best at that one thing, it's almost impossible to fail. And 
and you only get better at it. And, and I just think that's something that a lot of people don't really follow through with. And even if it's something like creating a YouTube channel, uh, like people think, Oh, I'm going to create a channel. It's going to be great. Uh, and they put out five videos, they get 27 views <laughs> and they just kind of fizzle out with it yeah. and they move on to the next business opportunity, whatever that might be. Um, and so that's, that's what I personally do. Uh, and, and every, everything that happened with myself, like for example, when I started with the chicken farm, uh, I, I realized that in agriculture, there is not much money in that. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. One, day, one day I want to get back to it. If, if I make enough money to the point where I don't have to worry about profitability <laughs> then I could get back into it. But, uh, and then I moved on from that to some of those other manual labor jobs, which I then realized can't rely entirely on manual labor for your entire life unless you're outsourcing some of that work and you're mm. becoming like the foreman or something where you don't have to do as much uh then yeah so and then moved on from that to ebay and then now to youtube uh, and i've done some i've dabbled with some other things in the past as well all right because I, I totally agree with what you said and there's really like this this honeymoon phase of oh, like yeah. once you start a new thing you're like dumping money into it you're learning all about it you're like really jazzed about it mm-hmm. but then like yeah a month down the road you're like oh this really is not going as quickly yes. as i thought it would or i'm not building it as fast or it's exactly. just not taking off so yes. it, it comes down to like you said you got to find something that you're really passionate about and oh. really just dive deep Most definitely yes yeah. if, if you're if you're not passionate about it it's it it'll fizzle out like yeah. i've I remember I've been trying to start YouTube channels for probably about five years, so really? like 2013, I would say. And uh, there's, there's a lot of them out there that I have that have like a few videos <laughs> I'm not ever showing anybody. Like they're still public, nobody's going to ever find them. Um, and, and those were these different channels that like I would try to create, but I wasn't passionate about it enough to the mm. point where it would be like, I'd wake up and say like, I'm excited to make a video about this. And so it would never work out. But with, with what I do now, helping people, uh, make more money and with their personal finances. It's something that I'm so passionate about. Like I wake up and I look forward to it so much. Like just, just to like make a video, see what people have to say, see what people commented and just interacting with the financial community is something that I truly love. And so mm. that's why it's so easy. And it feels like I've never worked ever. A hundred percent. It's all about yes. just finding that thing that you can just like get behind and really just go all into because exactly. if you're doing it for the money it's not going to last that long and the honeymoon phase is going to end and you're just going to be sitting there like, what am I even doing? I got to find something else. So hundred percent with you on that. The the next thing that I kind of want to dive into is your traveling because you've been like out of the country for a good minute now. And I want to hear about that. I want to hear about why you did that and and about the impact that that's had on you. So can you fill us in a little bit on your, on your traveling over the last couple, I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been about a month or so. And you know, so it really sounds back to, um, seeing some people in my life who never got a chance to travel um, for various reasons. Most of the time it was, it was due to, you know, uh, early death or, or something that would happen. And, and there's just people in your life, I'm sure as well, who, who uh, died younger than maybe some people would expect. And, yeah. and I, I didn't want to rely on, you know, retiring at 65 and then hoping that I'm, I'm still, alive to then go travel and and see these things and i think it's important it's especially important to myself to to be able to see the world and experience it um and i know it might not be the best financial decision uh at a young age to do that but it's something that like i've had the best month of my life and mm. in, in past month just the people that i've met uh, the experiences that i've had uh, and it's something that i'm very grateful for uh but as far as the trip how i did it i 
it was actually very spontaneous. I, I booked the flight down to Miami because it was mm-hmm. cold. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and, and then from there, like I, I got to Miami and I thought like, damn, like it's like, it's really nice here, but going back home to the cold weather, it just didn't really like, it was, it was yeah. like, I liked the weather. It was, it was like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so I went to Paris and then but before I went to Paris though, I bought a plane ticket from Paris after about a week there to Israel. I was there for a couple of weeks and then went back up to Rome, visited a friend up in Florence. And it was, it was a, definitely just a great experience because wow. it's, it's even more fun. I find to just be spontaneous about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and like just, it's, I don't think I can go into all the experiences that I had, during <laughs> right. this trip, but, but, uh, but it was, it was definitely uh, very fun and, and so different from the States and uh, just to get this kind of idea of the rest of the world and realize like how much is out there to explore and, and experience. It's, it's just incredible. So mm, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, I probably should have like documented the trip. Like I took like five pictures <laughs> on the whole trip, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. I definitely should have filmed some videos on it. I in, mean, in hindsight, hindsight's 2020 and you can always go back. Exactly. Like now that you uh, have well, all these experiences. I, yeah. I, funny that you say that I'm actually going to Amsterdam in a couple of weeks and <laughs> the one way ticket. So we'll see where I end up after that. Wow. But, yeah, it's fun. That's that's yeah. that's wild, man. And like like you said, man, life is life is finite. Like you gotta make the exactly. most of it while you're here because like nothing's nothing's like people bank on on yeah. on living for ninety years, and hopefully I do live for ninety years. But I'm not banking on that, and I want to essentially cross off a lot of things on my bucket list before uh, I wait too long on that. And that's just my personal preference on that because I feel as though I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and die. Yeah. And that sounds depressing. That sounds really depressing, but that's just how I view it. And it actually makes me happier. That's, that's the way that I, hmm. I just see life and uh, makes me content. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And another thing you mentioned was how it wasn't like a necessarily great financial decision, but I think that's really subjective because yeah. different people value different things and like, if you if you get a lot of value out of that, then like go for it. So I mean, much value. if you exactly. get a lot of satisfaction out of putting all your money in a Roth yes. IRA, like do that too. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like to each their own, and and whatever is gonna like make you feel satisfied, and make you feel like you're making a good decision. That's for the most part. I mean, there's obviously limitations to that. Like, mm-hmm. don't go out and like spend some money on a gun and kill somebody. Like, that's just a bad yeah. financial, <laughs> but, like, financial decision. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was gonna say something. I can't remember. Um, you might have to edit that part out. All right, no worries. Uh, I think um, totally just brain brain fart. <laughs> no worries at all, man. I can just keep going if you want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So, how much money approximately does it take to like go travel? Because like I personally, I've been out of the country a couple times, but <laughs> it was not on my own dime. This is with my family. So I'm not super familiar with like how much it actually costs. Like obviously domestic flights, I do quite a bit, but like yeah. international, what kind of costs are we talking there? Uh, it, it wasn't too uh, terrible, but it was more money because it was very spontaneous. So I was yeah. buying these plane tickets like a couple of days before. Uh, so it was, you know, a few hundred dollars for each flight that I was taking, like from Miami to Paris is a few hundred dollars. Okay. Paris to Israel it was actually fairly cheap. Um, because, uh, for some reason flights to Israel and, and back are, uh, like less than a hundred dollars in most wow. cases. So yeah. And it was, I feel as though Israel's a pretty underrated country. I, you know, when, when you say Israel to somebody, uh, or when my mom found out that I was in Israel, she was, <laughs> she was, she was a little bit confused and just a little bit, uh, I don't want to say upset, but just, uh, cause a lot of people's views on, on, you know, when you say, Oh, I'm in the middle East, yeah. they get a little bit 
you know, wary about it, especially when they look at it on the map. But then you realize, look, it's, it's actually a really safe country. Uh, I felt safer there than I felt in New York or Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and, and, and so, um, yeah, so the cost of it the, over the past month, it was, it was definitely, it was, a, it was at least a few thousand dollars of just traveling and, and, and paying for these different uh, places to stay and whatnot. But, but, you know, really, as long as you're budgeting and, and you know how it fits into your financial mm-hmm. life, then it can be totally okay. Like I, I had this uh, enough cash in my travel fund that I, <laughs> that I created. Cause like, I'm not sure if you watched my past video, but I talked about how I have uh, my income comes into the bank and then I have a percentage that goes straight to savings and investments. And then I have another percentage that goes towards my rent and my food and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then I have a percentage that goes into my travel fund. And, okay. And also a good portion that goes into the tax fund. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the tax fund. So, so as long as you split it up that way, it's it's something that can be attainable for anybody. Like as long as you like budget that and ch- take on a chunk and say, you know what, I'm just going to take five percent of my income and put and put it towards my travel fund. Have it in a separate account, maybe a separate bank account entirely, if you sure. feel that you need to. Uh, and then it builds up over time, and then you can go on these vacations uh, without worrying too much about financial stress. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent. Because if you go out with like a ten k limit credit card and you're just like spending willy nilly and you don't keep track of anything, like yeah, yeah. then you're going to run into some troubles. But if you know from the exactly. get how much money you have to work with and how you're going to make that last and, and exactly. all that, it's it's going to be a lot less stressful and a lot less like financially taxing on you when you get back and, and have to deal with the ramifications. So exactly, yeah. Credit cards are uh, you want to be careful with them. I love them. I have a lot of credit cards. Uh, I need a lot. I have six. Okay. I have six. No, I have five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, six for, for your, your 19. I just turned 20. Okay. I'm 20 as well. So, oh, so six, okay. six for a 20 year old. It's like, you know, like, like when I take him out of my wall, people are like, Whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, oh no, it's okay. Really trust me. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, um, but yeah, credit cards, as long as you're smart, like it's just know how much you have in your bank, how much you can afford and just don't overspend on them. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like and if I, you use them responsibly, like you can get a decent amount of free yeah, travel. Exactly. I get one and a half percent cash back on everything that I buy. And there you go. You spend 20000 in a year. That's like what, $300 or so yeah. that you're getting back just for something to, you know, you can buy a plane ticket with that. So exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, I've seen some of my friends who will get credit cards and rack up thousands of dollars on yeah. it and just not like just, it just doesn't register. Like they don't make the connection between like, this piece of plastic means that and you like owe money. money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they don't make the connection there. There's something wrong. I, I'm not sure, but, but uh, yeah, so that would just be something I like if, if you know personally that you're the type of person who, who is not very good with money, then maybe take the Dave Ramsey approach, maybe yep. <laughs> fill out a little bit and use a debit card. I think that'd be a better option for some people. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Nate, I want to dive into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests before okay. we go. Are uh, you feeling ready for it? All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, perfect. The first one is what are you excited about right now? So this can be something in your life. This can be something in your business. This can be something in the wider realm of society. But like what, what is something that you are like excited about right now? Well, I am excited to hopefully hit that 100,000 subscriber market. Yeah, it's coming. But, but in a broader sense though, like I just, I'm just excited every day just mm. in my life, just waking up and just being so grateful for life. Mm. Um, and that's just like, I'm so like, I think I'm lucky how happy I am in my life and, and yeah. just with everything. And I, I get a sense that you're that way as well. 100%. Uh, like <laughs> a lot of people struggle with, with issues in their life and they're, yeah. they're 
uh, there's there's times that are tough in their life, and hopefully that doesn't happen to me at some point. But I'm I'm very grateful right now at the moment, and I'm just blessed to just wake up every day, have another breath, and mm. I just can't I just can't get enough of it. So that's the mindset, man. That is the mindset. Oh, I'm so with you on that, man. We are on the same wavelength there. Like that is exactly. every I single day. I like hop up out of bed in the morning and I'm just like ready to go. Just, like there's like, I have, I've not had a bad day in, in years. And you know what? This actually brings up an interesting point because mm-hmm. there was a time before I really got into like business and making money. Um, there was a time when I was, I'd say like junior high where, where I, I would find myself being bored and, mm-hmm. and people say, you know, the opposite of happiness. What's the opposite of happiness? It's boredom. Yeah. So, so, so being bored is, is terrible. And, and, I can say that I haven't been bored since I started really getting into business and really enjoying these things because I'm so passionate about it. Like I have not been bored in years. Wow. So that, that's why I'm so like, I don't find myself like trying to fill my time because I'm always just thinking about new business opportunities, new different ideas or new YouTube videos to make. And I'm never bored. And that's why I'm so happy. I feel. Wow. That's, that's wild. I never thought of it like that before, but that's yeah. a very interesting point to bring up. I'm going to have to reflect on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some of the habits that you have, if you do have any habits or rituals that have served you particularly well, whether that be in business, in life, what are some of the things that you do on a routine basis? You know, I'm not going to lie. My, my, my habits are not too uh, wonderful <laughs> at the moment. It's just, you know, like I wake up at a decent time. I'm not in bed, you know, at noon, Okay. but, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I have too many wonderful habits. I, I really don't think I can touch on that. It's something that I'm working on mm-hmm. very much. So i um, trying to get a much more of a schedule done, but something that I do actually do um, is, is when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my phone for the first 30 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. of my morning. And, and this is an interesting idea. I'm, I'm not sure where I heard it from. I'm sure I got it from somewhere else, but, but because when you wake up in the morning and you just look at your phone instantly, you're just reacting. And for yeah. the rest of the day, you're reacting because people are messaging you. You're responding to this and that. You're responding to comments, and, mm-hmm. and and you get distracted. And the next thing you know, it's 2 p.m. and you still haven't gotten anything done. So now what I do is I wake up, I eat my breakfast, and then I start to think about what I'm going to do during the day. I get the biggest things done, and then at some point, right before lunch, I'll look at my phone. So I wow. I, I literally don't look at it for a good portion of time, and that's just something that I personally do that I find works very well because people are essentially addicted to their phones. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Like I am extremely, extremely addicted to my phone. And I, yeah. I realize that and I know it's a problem, but like, exactly. I, and so in a way that I've dealt with that is I turned off all notifications. Oh yeah. yeah no so notifications like, are on. Like I, I don't have any notifications on. I just turned everything off. Um, and I, I sometimes will have to put my phone in another room and yeah. just, and like turn it off for hours at a time. And because people, will spend four or five or six hours a day on their phone. And oh yeah. I, I think it's, you know, they're, they're living in a separate world. Like there's really two worlds today. There's, there's real world and then there's virtual world. Yeah. People are spending a quarter of their life in the virtual world on their phone. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. So but that's yeah, been so something that, that I've been working on. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. toning that back. hundred percent. I definitely, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I'm trying to work on right now is just being able to like really be in control of like when I'm doing certain things because there is, it's it's some, I mean, it's built to be an addiction and they do a good job. (laughs) They do a very good job. And it goes back to, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the four hour work week. Oh yeah. And, and so, um, Tim Ferriss talks about like kind of like blocking out like times to check your email. Right. Yeah. 
that's the same way that I try to do it with my phone now is just by, by blocking out times to use my phone mm-hmm. and knowing that like, if most things are not that important, like if somebody messages you yeah. and you don't text them back for a few hours, like, you know, it's not the end of the world. And worse, <laughs> you, know, you just tell them, look, I, I don't check my phone every five minutes. So I'm sorry that I didn't respond. Yeah. So, and, and it, it, it definitely helps productivity. Mm, all right. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to start implementing that. Yeah. I think it just, for me, it's, it's been like going longer and longer periods without looking at it and really just yeah. being like, all right, it's only been like half an hour. Like nothing could have <laughs> gone that terribly wrong in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's huge. So is there any content that you're consuming right now? I know you said you've been watching some of Valuetainment's videos for a while, but like mm-hmm. any videos, podcasts, blogs, books that you're reading, um, or where are you getting, where are you getting your content fixed from? So I try not to consume too much content that's mm-hmm. entertainment based. Like for example, yeah. I don't have Netflix. I don't use Netflix. I, I, I used to watch TV shows all the time. Like every TV <laughs> show you can imagine, I, I would be watching it and, it and it's addicting. It's like crack, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm totally done with Netflix. Uh, I only, the only entertainment that I get today is uh, through podcasts and through some music, but I try to go for podcasts. Uh, and then YouTube videos occasionally, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like to read books as well. I'm, I'm reading the 48 Laws of Power right now. Ooh. Just started it, so it's it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I try to read at least a book every two weeks or so. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially my content. I I really don't. I try my best to not consume too much content though. Yeah. Because there's there's really two ways to go. You can be a consumer or a producer. Exactly. And I, I I would rather go the producing way. Of, of content and 100%. everybody looks to to be entertained all the time like uh going back to like the boredom thing like people try to f- find ways to fill their time yeah in their life. and i don't want to have to do that i don't want to have to like wonder like what should i do and 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 so yeah that's that's where i'm at at, at the moment exactly exactly i'm 100 with you on that man and i'm just being very mindful of the content that i do consume lately and pretty much it's exclusively podcasts just whenever yeah. i'm out and about or at the yeah. gym or, or whatever i love them. Have, have a podcast plugged in so yeah Totally with you on that. So one of the things that I do in my business that is not scalable at all is I'll usually send about five to 10 video DMs to followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. like just new followers every day, like saying, Hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Thanks for following me. Um, let me know. If I like anything. that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really cool. And people really yeah. respond well to that. So, oh yeah. Um, I, and using their name as well, because I think that's really, really powerful to like yeah. have them know that it's not just like a copy pasted message. Yeah. So Damn, what I'd like, I might start doing that. You should, man. It's very wow. effective. Like people wow. love that. And people yeah. respond to me and they're like, Oh my God, nobody's ever done this before. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, now somebody has, <laughs> <laughs> but like, is there anything that comes to mind with that for you? Things that you do that like aren't super scalable in, in your different business ventures? Um, I'm sure there are, but, but, yeah thinking about what, what you just said there about um, kind of really connecting with the, the, the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I try to do very much. Like I, I care very much about my integrity. So yeah. I'm not pushing a ton of online courses onto people. No. Uh, I'm not pushing a lot of products onto people. It, my information is totally free uh, and it always will be. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's important to build a, a really solid relationship with people who might be interested in what you're saying. And so, yeah, so like, um, that's just something that I like to do. So yeah, there, I'm sure there are things that aren't scalable that I do. Like I respond to just about every comment on my YouTube videos. Dang. Um, I, I try to respond to every single one. I probably respond to 95% of them at least. Wow. 
Um, That's and, impressive. Yeah, and but the thing is, though, I used to like respond like one at a time, and then like one would come in on my on my phone, and I'd like respond to it. I don't <laughs> do that anymore. I I'll just sit down. Like after a few days, I'll sit just down imagine. and take like an hour and just yep. like bang out all Bounce these it out. Yeah, because people like think about the times when you've like, for example, DM'd people. Like I get a lot of DMs on Instagram from people. Yeah. And it's actually a great way to reach me um, because, um, you know, it, if you're just commenting in the YouTube like section, it can get yeah. lost pretty easily. Uh, but like I get a, a, a lot of DMs from people and I try to respond to as many as possible because think about if you send a DM to somebody and they don't respond, you're kind of salty about it. You're like, yeah, oh, what the hell? Like, you don't have time for me, <laughs> you know? So, so I, I think people really do appreciate that when you do take some time out of your day to just respond so i'll just like batch all of those at one specific time maybe i'm on the toilet and i'm just like <laughs> you know just going at it and just Go like through. yep yeah exactly perfect well nate where can people go if they want to follow up with you if they want to find out more about nate o'brien where should we direct our listeners i know you mentioned instagram you mentioned youtube you want to get yeah. us some some ads or some channel names yeah so i probably the best way to find me would just be to go onto youtube and just type in nate o'brien uh, it's O-B-R-I-E-N. Uh, or you could go on Instagram. It's just Nate O'Brien, but there's another N, or there's another N at the end of it because I <laughs> was too late to the Instagram game, I suppose. <laughs> I couldn't get the original Nate O'Brien. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. I re- really, my main channel is, is just YouTube. Uh, I've been thinking about some other ways to get more on social media. Facebook's not a big one. No. Uh, TikTok? Know, no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. All right. <laughs> We'll see about that. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right, Nate, you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners today? Any, anything else you want to drop on our listeners? Um, yeah, you know, one more thing. So, yeah. so uh, this is just kind of brief, but essentially something that I asked myself before I ever considered getting a job was I asked myself how much my life is worth. Like what is my dollarly, like, like um, um, amount of dollars per hour is my life worth? And I don't want it to be $7 an hour. And, and so I try my best to provide value. And, and, and like, for example, it's kind of hard to explain, but, but it, I think that that's just something that people should ask. Like how, how much is one hour of my life? How much am, am I willing to trade that for? Uh, and, and for some people that they might say that they're content with $10 an hour, but I would much rather have that a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or $10,000 an hour. So that's what I'm working towards now because you can't get that hour back. And as I think Steve Jobs said, uh, time is our really our greatest asset. So mm. Nate O'Brien going deep, dropping those value bombs on our listeners. <laughs> Nate, thank you so much for your time on young, smart so money. Today. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. We'll have to keep in touch, man. For sure. For sure. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, They really do impact me and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day.